Welcome to the latest episode of the Brushwaters Union podcast. I'm your host and general president of the Brushwaters Union, Simon Berman. And this month, I am joined by Chris Kohler of Slow Death Games. Chris, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, man. I think you've been doing some cool stuff for a few years now. We've met at Adepticon, and uh, I am stoked to talk about everything that uh, you and Slow Death Games are up to. So uh, maybe to kind of get started, you know, how did what kind of miniatures game are you? How did you get into minis gaming? Okay, so that's uh, how did I get into minis gaming as a is a pretty long story. Um, I, I can give the condensed version. Um, but as far as what type of gamer I am, primarily miniature games, uh, mostly skirmish games, uh, do some role-playing games, some card games, some board games, uh, but primarily skirmish games is, is my thing. Um, I got into gaming around the same time I got into punk and hardcore, which was at about 12 years old, little you know between 12 and 13 uh discovered them both at the same time and i like to say that both of those things both made my life amazing and ruined it at the same time (laughs) that's Um, a a common story i think yeah yeah so um i discovered both of those things right about the same time uh and when i was a kid i was concerned about what other people thought of me like most kids are so i kind of kept the gaming friends separate from the punk and hardcore friends because i was worried that you know they would think oh who's this nerd um which of course is funny because later on in life you you know you meet these people and they're like oh yeah you know i was when i was a kid i was super into D &D." like you know all the punk kids yeah sure or whatever yeah um so so yeah um but for gaming, I uh, I met some kids, and you know, I say kids; they were, you know, probably slightly older teenagers than me, um, and they were playing D anD D, and it looked super cool, and I was super excited about it. Um, so I wanted to get in on that, and then so started playing D anD D with them, uh, and then I met other people who were playing miniatures games, and at that time they were playing like kind of like weird historical games but not really historical games and then like probably homebrew uh fantasy games because i don't remember exactly what games they were um, All right. but but th- once i discovered miniatures existed and there was games for them like that immediately took over my interest uh, over yeah. games um and what do you think that is uh probably because i was uh, I went to a, an SCPA school, uh, which, if you don't know, that is a, a school for creative and performing arts, um, and it, I, it was focused on visual arts for me through all through junior high and high school. Uh-huh. Um, so the idea that I could have something like physically in my hands that I could paint and touch and manipulate was way more interesting to me than the imagination of of role playing games. Not that those you know, that that was bad or anything. I love sure. role playing games. And I still do, but like physically have something in my hands that I could paint was, was, I don't know. It was just great to me. Um, so that's probably why miniature gaming seemed much more interesting to me. Fair enough. So, uh, so where, where did, where did that take you? Uh, so I eventually met other people who played games and, you know, kind of bounced around between groups until I met, uh, a couple of kids who were in school with me and they were interested in D and D. So I started hanging out with them. And since they were closer to my age, I was more interested in hanging out with them instead of these older kids. And it's funny looking back. Cause like thinking like, Oh my God, these kids are so much older than me, but I was like 13 or 14. And these kids are probably like 16 or 17, but it seemed, yeah, sure. you know, at that age, it seems like, you know, hundreds of years apart yeah Um, generations right yeah 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 so so i met i met some kids who were closer to my age and and we started gaming together um and that became my primary gaming group for years and years and years um and then i met uh my oldest friend uh rob who i'm still friends with and still game with to this day uh shortly after that and he and i were both interested in hardcore like we, you know, we're going to shows, we're buying records, yeah. all those things, and we both liked gaming. Um, so started hanging out with him more and doing some more stuff with him. Uh, and then when I was about, gosh, I think I was nineteen or maybe twenty, um, I was at a game store and I saw these kids walk in that I had recognized from seeing at uh, punk shows. And they recognized me, and it was like one of those things, like we're you know pointing at you, like what? What you're into gaming? You're into gaming? Yeah. <laughs> and 
that that ha- you know that group um, absorbed me and Rob, and that was my you know that was our gaming group, and we still game. That same group of people all still game together. Not all the time, but you know we're still all friends, and we still all game once in a while. Um, so I've been playing with those guys since then. Um, and of course, I you know I've had other gaming groups and played in different areas of the country sure, and whatnot. Sure. But th- those are my primary gaming friends. Um, and back then, uh, we were playing a lot of different things. Um, but eventually, you know, we started playing. Um, uh, we played uh, Rogue Trader when that came out. So that that would have been before I met that group. That would have been like. I'm not sure which group of kids that was, but we started playing that when it came out. Um, and then so kind of late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Late. It was definitely late eighties. Cause it was when I was still in high school. Yeah. Um, and you know, and then we discovered, you know, Warhammer fantasy and we discovered, uh, like a bunch of other games. Um, and we just basically played whatever we could. Um, and I want to say that, uh, maybe in the early '90s, our primary game was the uh, the mini game that was in the uh, realm of Chaos Book, the um, the Chaos Warbands game. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that, we were insane about that. Like we would play oh, that, that so every week. Yeah. yeah, and you know you'd, you'd you know you'd fight a battle and then you'd have to roll up new followers. So you know we'd immediately run to the game store because that's back when you could buy. You know, a handful of minis for a couple of bucks. It wasn't a big deal. Yeah, sure. Like, like, oh, I need some beastmen. Well, we better go to the game store and get some beastmen. Um, right. And we were also converting and painting those miniatures up every week before the game started. So if you ended up like, oh, well, my beastmen all get an extra arm, like I better put extra arms on these miniatures and start yeah. painting them. Um, so that was probably like, I, I hate to admit it, but that was the height of my creative period because I was. I was painting so much then and converting and, and, and doing whatnot. Um, and now like I look back and I'm like, man, I wish I had that kind of, that kind of creative drive to still do that. Um, uh, so, uh, we're, sorry, I got lost in that story a bit. Um, and so we played a lot of different games, uh, a lot of Warhammer, and then we got sick of Warhammer after the second edition of Warhammer 40k came out. Um, yeah, I don't know why exactly, uh, but we basically just got sick of it. So we started playing other games and then focusing uh-huh. more on D and D. Uh, and yeah, just played tons of games in the in that time period. And then in the late nineties, um, I. I started getting way more excited about the idea of painting miniatures. I mean, I'd, I'd been painting miniatures the whole time, but just not like very slowly, like, Oh, maybe like one a week, sure. Maybe a unit a week. But then around the late nineties, for some reason, I was like, you know what? I, I love painting miniatures and I should be doing this way more often. Uh, so I started painting a, a whole lot more. Um, and yeah. then and, and since then it's just been, you know, paint miniatures, play games, and I'll pretty much play any game that anybody wants to play, uh, because yeah. for me, gaming is primarily a social activity. Oh, sure, um, yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll play anything. Um, and uh, so I've played tons and tons and tons of different games. Uh, and in that late 90s period, um, I... Wow, was it late 90s? Yeah, it must have been late 90s. Um, discovered the, the Rackham Confrontation Miniatures, and I oh, just when that came out, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I bought a bunch of them from somebody in France, um, and then found it had a little booklet in it, and I knew enough French from uh, taking it in high school. I was like, "Oh, this is a game," and so I clumsily translated the game for myself to start playing it, uh-huh. um, and then that I focused on that game for a couple of years and really loved it. Um, and then uh, our gaming group rediscovered Warhammer Fantasy, and we played that for a couple of years. Um, and then in, uh, God, I, I don't know what year it was, uh, 20, 2010 maybe, um, 
we were sitting around in my garage, which was our primary gaming spot. Um, and I thought, you know, it would be cool if we had a game where it was us in the game playing. So, yeah. And, and I, what the idea was like, like a role playing game in my head, like, Oh, we could do this role playing game where we do stuff that we do in real life, but make it cooler or make it, you know, like some sort of fantastical thing or sci-fi thing. Um, and that turned into a game that I made called Wild in the Streets, which is a miniatures game. But it obviously, you know, changed changed a lot because it turned into a game of uh, people fighting each other in the streets, which is right. not some, not something I, I, I do in real life. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so so we you know we 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 toyed around with ideas like what could it be and. You know, there's a bunch of iterations of it, and finally we we uh, arrived on making a game that was miniatures of of us fighting fighting each other. And yeah. so, who doesn't want to do that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's a very that's a very convoluted uh, story of uh, how I got into gaming and my gaming history, I guess. No, that's cool, man. Um, Wild in the Streets uh, is it's one of the two games you make, but so let's let's talk about that first, because it seems like a good place to kind of get into it. Sure. Um, Walden Streets is, is pro- maybe the first and maybe the only punk rock miniatures game. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, I can't think of another. Well, okay, so it's not the first music-related game because uh, a company made a game around uh, the band Guar. Uh, oh I, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, Rumble in Ant- Antarctica, which was like That's a right. fan- yeah, it was like basically the the fantasy comic book version of Guar. Yeah, and, yeah. Um. And you know, there's and there's been, uh, yeah, and there's been other like you know, there's lots of people who've made miniatures of like uh, musicians or whatever uh, or different subcultures. Um, But one of the things about making Wild in the Streets is I wanted to make things that were I wanted to make the minis based on real life people. So all the miniatures I make are based on people I know, Um, and I wanted to do that because if you look at and I'm not I'm not calling anybody out or trying to be a dick, uh, but if you look at some of the miniatures, like if someone makes a punk rock miniature, it looks like a bad extra from Mad Max. Like it, yeah, sure. Yeah, and you know, does anyone really need authentic punk miniatures? Probably not. Uh, but it's you know it's fun for me to make things like that. Yeah, I, you know, the sculpts you guys make they they've got so much character. I think in part because they are based on real people, and they, they've got this. This, this this grittiness to them that you don't really see in a lot of other miniatures um, stuff, and I, I think like the the character and personality of each of those figures really speaks um, very loudly. Um, but it's it's cool seeing these sort of weird subcultures stuff being treated with, um, you know, I don't know, maybe respect is the right word for it, but you know, the, the, with with um, affection if nothing else, right? And that's oh yeah yeah very much yeah yeah, and you know, a lot of the stuff is ridiculous and a little bit over the top. Oh sure, but, but you know, it's. It's people I know, like we make the miniatures of people I, I know. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so I don't know. It's it's fun, and and we can we can poke fun at ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, your 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 models range from you know you've got some actual like punk rock singers. Like I'm sure you're the only person who's ever made a Gigi Allen miniature. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know uh, some people will take offense at that, and that that's totally okay. And if you hate <laughs> me for making a GG miniature, that's that's okay. I'm not I'm not going to be angry. Um, but I made that one because I was thinking like, what would GG do if he were still alive in real life? He'd be beating the shit out of somebody. So he's got to be a miniature <laughs> in the game, beating the shit out of each other. Oh. And he's and he's a horrible or was sorry was a horrible human being. You know, I, I by by no means am I saying like oh Gigi was a great guy. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's you know it's a it's just a funny thing to to put into a miniatures game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, you know, I think I like you kind of got your, your generic cyber goths. You've got your derby girls. I think anybody who's you know a weirdo in some kind of subculture is going to look at stuff here and see people they recognize at least in the abstract. I think that's super cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like at conventions, I get people coming up to me and saying like, oh, this is just like me and my friends. Or, you know, uh, people will say like, oh, you know, I, I play roller derby and these look like my team. Or I, I was a teenage goth and this looks like me. Um, 
and and that's kind of fun also to when people come up and say things like that to me um and also every once in a while i'll get an email saying like did you find a picture of me someplace and make this picture (laughs) (laughs) hey no it's it's a friend but you know yeah it's a common look i guess Right on. Uh, one of the things I just want to touch on is the painting you have for these is really beautiful. Um, you have one figure in particular I remember talking to you at Adepticon, um, Sid, and the tattoos painted on that model are just just incredible. Really, really excellent painting. Yeah, I wish I could take credit for that, um, but I I didn't paint that. Um, uh, someone else painted it, and they did an amazing job. And I wish I could have him paint more, but uh, he just doesn't have time to paint miniatures, so... Too bad, but yeah, yeah, I think you've got lots of great looking um, painting and sculpts here, so it's 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 just a really fun range. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, and I, the thing is, is uh, you know, like we both know miniature gamers. And miniature gamers have a game they play. You know, whether it's 40k or Infinity or uh, I don't, even, I'm trying to think of like other games, uh, Star Wars Legion or whatever. You know, people have their game, and that's their game they yeah. play. Um, and then sometimes they have small games they play too. Um, so I, I, by no means do I think anybody's going to be like, oh, dude, Wild in the Streets, that's my game. That's all I play. Or even like, I play this super often. Um, so I try to make the miniatures also appeal to people who just want to paint or maybe use them in something else. Um, a lot of people have told me they use it in, they use my miniatures in zombie games. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Because it's just, you know, modern day people and you know, that's what you're going to have in a zombie game. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Or like any um, kind of like sort of near future post-apocalyptic game, they're going to fit right in, right? Yeah, yeah. And then a bunch of people are using the goths uh, for their um, like cyberpunk type games. Oh, and, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and that's mostly like role-playing uh, gamers. We're like, oh, I, you know, I need I need the cyber goths because they work perfectly for our RPG. And I'm totally happy that people are doing that. Like they're finding something I made and they might not necessarily want to, you know, play my game, but they like what I do and they're using my miniatures and that's yeah. what's important. That's cool for sure. But let's, let's not discount your game. Tell me about Wild in the Streets, you know, so it's, it's obviously a skirmish game game of uh, modern day street fighting, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the idea behind the game is that it's kids and I use the kids, you know, as a term for people who are, you know, teenage and 20 somethings, um, you know, bad habit from being involved in punk and hardcore where, you know, people like me in my 50s call ourselves kids still which <laughs> um, so it's just a game of of people fighting in the streets and why why are they fighting you know it could be because you know they got some beef with each other or you know somebody looked at somebody the wrong way or someone you know bought the record you wanted at the record store um you know just um, things i can imagine in my head of like why people would would fight each other um and it's it's a skirmish game, so you've usually got about four to six models per side, um, depending on which faction you pick. Um, and it's it plays super fast. Um, part of the idea of making the game also was uh, lots of friends who were into hardcore saw what we were doing with gaming and looked at it and like that looks really cool. And then we'd show them a rule book for a game, and they would look at it and go, "Yeah, this is like homework. I, I, I don't yeah. like." <laughs> That other stuff looks cool, but like the actual game part doesn't. So I tried to right. make the game as simple as possible so that people like that could jump in and start gaming. Um, and especially if they know the 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 setting, you know, like you can't tell someone who's never gamed before, like, okay, this is an orc or this is a water elemental, you know, because they're like, well, what is that? Right. I don't understand. But if you say like, oh yeah, the, you know, these people are going to fight. There's a, you know, there's a goth fighting a skinhead. They'll be like, oh yeah, okay, I know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, currently, the rules for Wild in the Streets fit on a postcard. Um, that's how simple they are. Yeah, that's cool, and, man. Yeah, because you know you don't need overly complex games to, to have fun. Um, you know, not not saying those are bad. You know, I I certainly like plenty of overly complex games. Um, but for Wild in the Streets, it's just get on the table, fight, uh, yell at each other across the table, have fun. Um, you know, part part of the fun of Wild in the Streets is screaming with you know at the people you're playing against, and yeah. also it's a multiplayer game like from the start. Uh, we made it so that you could play with up to six people. Um, awesome. Yeah, and 
that also that's for a couple of reasons. One, because you don't want anybody to have to sit out of a game. Sure. Um, and two, it gets people, you know, talking and yelling at each other across the table, and that adds to yeah, the fun. yeah. That's cool. So, yeah, what, what size table do you play on? Uh, depends on the scenario, but the standard size table is three foot by three foot. Oh, that's right on. Um, so actually, so is it? It's very scenario driven then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we made a we made a zine full of scenarios, uh, and we've written a bunch of other ones since then. Uh, I'm going to try to do a second issue of the zine with more scenarios. Um, and we recently rewrote the rules to make them even easier. Um, but it's a little. Bit, the rules are a little bit longer, but they're even easier now. Um, and so there'll be new scenarios based around those new. Yeah, it's funny how sometimes the the act of clarifying rules makes you write more of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, because the the game at when it was written, it was uh, you had a card for the miniatures, and you'd shuffle them together in the deck, and then flip it over, and that's when that miniature would activate. Um, and mm-hmm. then anytime you fought, it would be an opposed die roll. You'd roll and add your fight skill. They'd roll and add their dodge. Um, we got rid of the cards because people keep losing them. And uh-huh. so instead of reprinting them over over and over again, or saying like, "Hey, go download them," we're like, "Well, let's just let's just eliminate the cards. Um, that's one less thing to worry about." Um, and then we changed it instead of opposed die rolls to target numbers, which gives us a bigger range of uh, of ability. So you know, because before when it's opposed die rolls, you can't really have the numbers be too far apart because then it's like, well. This guy's so strong, he's always going to hit you and hurt you. And this person right. dodges so well, they're always going to dodge. Um, so we changed it so it's just like, so now you have a certain number of dice, and you have to hit a target number on those dice to get a hit, and then the other person has a certain number of dice with a target number for defense. Um, and we've also been experimenting with playing on two-foot-by-two-foot tables because the the idea in Wild in the Streets is there's no... I mean, there's a setup phase where you set stuff up, but there's no deployment zones and there's no, you know, zones of control or there's no um, unit cohesion or anything like that. You just put your stuff on the table because you want to simulate a fight that either is already started or is just about to start. Um, yeah, sure. Everybody's up in each other's faces already, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I love the idea of maneuvering in games, like especially like big like army level games that, you know, I like the idea like, hey, it takes three turns for us to maneuver before we actually start the fight because we're trying to get the best positioning but that's a big army level game for a small skirmish game you came to fight you didn't come to like move yeah. around for three turns um so in the setup you just set up wherever you want on the table and so fights start immediately um and so on a two foot by two foot table the fights start even sooner and they're more bloody and that's cool. yeah and that's that's fun because i mean you're playing the game because you want to fight you're not playing the game because you want to dance around for the whole game. Right. So um, as far as the scenarios go, what, what kind of, what are the scenarios like? Can you give me some examples? Uh, sure. Uh, my favorite scenario that I like to bring up for people, uh, because I am a record collector and record collectors are pretentious assholes, um, <laughs> I made a scenario called Record Store Day, which is oh, about, no. yeah, which is about... <laughs> your gang is trying to get all the cool exclusives on record store day. Yeah. So <laughs> you cave seven inch fight, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, so you, you know, you set up the buildings and every building is a record store. So you're in like the cool part of town where there's tons of record stores and you go to the record store. And if you roll a certain above a certain number, you get a record and then you take a token and that's your record. And you could beat people up to steal their records. And in the end, whoever has the most records wins just like in real life. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, Sometimes when we play that scenario, I like to tell people, like, you know, as soon as they like, oh, okay, I got the record from the store, I'm like, well, what record is it? And make sure that they're getting a cool record, you know, just to... Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So so that's one of the scenarios. Um, uh, let's see, what else? Uh, we made one that's about uh, straight-edge kids where one of them starts drinking and the other kids oh, have no. to... Yeah, the other straight edge kids have to drag him off the table for the other people see that their their friend had started drinking and is not straight edge anymore. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a recent scenario that we made is um, uh, you set up four buildings which are clubs and they all get out at the same time and all your friends are getting out at the same time. And this uh-huh. is kind of like uh, based based on real life, but 
pre pre cell phone real life um, of like, oh, well, we lost our friend. We got to find him before we go home. And so everybody's trying to find their friends to, to take them home. Uh, and there's tokens on the table that could be your friends. But if you and you flip over the token and the token is either going to be your friend or a cop. And if it's a cop, the cop starts fighting you uh, <laughs> and could, you know, uh, pepper spray you or, or whatever. Um, right. And so the idea is to find your friends and then get off the table, but you can also beat the other people up because they're looking for their friends too, because there's a limited amount of tokens. So awesome. Yeah. Um, so that's a couple of the scenarios. And then we encourage people. A, a punk... go Sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to ask if you've, I was gonna ask if you've done a, a punk house scenario yet. Uh, no, no, we haven't. Um, I don't, I don't know what we could do for that one, but if you have an idea for a scenario around that, let me know. I'm gonna have to think about. It. I, I, I'll tell my girlfriend because, uh, well, I, I was not a punk. I was sort of vaguely punk adjacent. She was a punk, um, and she she lived the punk house lifestyle in Portland for many years. So she she has some stories that I think might turn into good scenarios. Yeah, I mean, I I lived in lots and lots of punk houses, so I probably have lots of shitty stories that I could turn into scenarios. But I'm sorry, but you you were trying to say something when I cut you off. Oh, you know, I I don't remember now, so oh, so okay. it's okay. <laughs> Uh, we're just talking about about the scenarios and stuff. So, oh. uh, yeah, how, how long does how long does the game take to play? Uh, most games last about an hour. Um, we're trying to get games down to like thirty minutes um, because it's more fun if you can play multiple games in one night. Sure. At least in my opinion, um, and also it makes it a lot more fast and furious to to play thirty minute games as opposed to an hour game. Uh, but the reason most of the games take an hour is because we spend a lot of time yelling at each other and well, not as much time the actually game, playing the game. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we do, because, you know, my, my garage is basically Slow Death Games HQ, um, and so we play a lot of games in there. And a lot of times it's like, okay, well, it's your turn to make the playlist for this game, and you got to pick out good songs. And then we'll argue with each other about, like, oh, well, you know, this song should have been, or you should have picked this song from this band instead of that song. Um, <laughs> and it's and it's good natured arguing. It's not you know we're not being dicks to each other. It's just kind of like, you know, like like oh yeah, like that first you know that song is not as good as this song, or yeah, yeah, or you should have picked this other band that guy was in instead of that one. Yeah, if you were if you weren't a poser, you'd know about that band. No, no, no. It's not like that <laughs> at all. It's just like yeah. like oh you know like why did you pick that band when yeah. this band had that better seven inch? Um, no so <laughs> yeah um and then that devolves into a lot of talking about music or like oh did you pick up this new record or have you heard this band yeah and sure that makes the games take longer um and when we play with new people who've never played before they usually pick it up pretty fast um there's this woman veronica who plays with us and she had never played any sort of game before like never played a miniatures game never played a role-playing game nothing um but she posed for one of the miniatures um and she's like, well, I want to try the game. And so she like got super into it. Like, like in the first game, like within the first 15 minutes, she's like, okay, I get this. I know how it works. And then she was just like, like one of the most brutal miniature players I've ever played with. Cause like, she just, <laughs> she just got awesome. it. Yeah. And yeah. she was like, oh, the, the point is to beat people up. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to focus on any other bullshit. I'm just going to fight people and beat them up. Yeah. Who cares about the scenario, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> awesome. Um, that's cool. So how long have you been doing Wild in the Streets at this point? Uh, I don't remember what the year was that we kickstarted. I want to say that that was like 2016. Um, this could have been around for a minute then. Yeah. Yeah. I think 2016. I, I could be wrong and I should know this and I'm sorry that I don't. Um, uh, but yeah, I think 2016. Um, that's cool. And, yeah. And, uh, so after, you know, seven years or so of, of doing it, you know, what kind of lessons have you learned about, about game design? Uh, that everybody thinks they're a game designer and they're not myself included. <laughs> um, and everyone has great ideas that don't work and everybody, almost everybody has a good valid opinion on something that maybe doesn't work, but could work in a different way or sees things in ways that you didn't think of. Um, so it's, great to get people to look at things I do and say, well, this isn't fun because mm -hmm. maybe I thought it was fun and it's not fun for most people. Um, sure. And I, and I don't take any of that stuff personally. Um, and also there's people who have way better ideas than me say, that say like, Oh, you should do something like this instead. 
and and yeah, so that's what I've learned in that time. And also that uh, people love the idea of Kickstarter, but hate waiting for things. That's the other that's thing. I've very learned. true. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I have one more question about, about the gameplay and stuff. You have these sure. really great um, pictures of the the models and stuff. Um, you have the great terrain. You got like the adult bookstore. Uh, all these like great downtown things. Are those scratch built? Do you get them in kits? Where do you, where, where does that stuff? Come oh from? no no we uh, well a couple of those kits we make. Um, and the reason that I started making MDF kits, like you know, there's the adult bookstore, there's a liquor store, there's mm-hmm. a strip mall, there's a coffee shop. We've got some other ones in, um, that are in production that haven't been released yet. Um, and the reason I made those is because if you look at m- like most companies who do modern day terrain, they give you options of like a church, a gun store, and a farmhouse, and maybe a New York City style apartment building. And that's that's sure. what you get. And that's fine, but not for the game that I'm doing. And that stuff works for other like because you know most modern gaming is probably zombie gaming realistically um sure and those that's you know that's fine but if you're playing a game where you're fighting in you know downtown or the suburbs or whatever and it's kids you know where are you going to fight at you're not going to fight in front of a church you're not going to fight in front of a farmhouse you're going to fight in front of a liquor store you're going to fight in front of (laughs) you know a taco shop you're going to fight in front of like where people congregate late at night and there's fights um and so we're trying to make that kind of terrain and I, I hesitate to say the seedy side of town because that makes it sound bad, and it's not. Um, but we're trying to make things that maybe aren't family friendly, I guess. Sure. Which is why you know there's the the adult bookstore and and the liquor store and things like that. Um, so basically, I want to make places where people can, you know, get into fights where they actually would get in fights. Yeah. No, I think there's there's such cool kits. Nobody else is doing anything like that out there. And you know, I think you know if you're if you're whatever kind of modern gaming you're playing, there's, there's gonna be a great way to like to kind of spice up your terrain collection with those, even if you're not playing well in the streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there are people who are buying our terrain kits for other things, and I'm totally happy that they are. Uh, at Adepticon, not this recent one, but the one before, someone came and bought a bunch of our terrain kits for Infinity, which. It doesn't make sense because Infinity is supposed to be, you know, like far f- or is it near future? I don't know, but future cyber cyberish. Yeah. But they're like, oh well, you know, in the future there's still going to be adult bookstores. You know, sure. people are still going to want porn in the future, and uh-huh. there's still going to be liquor stores because people are still going to drink in the future. And yeah. Like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. No, it, it, they're, 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 they just got a lot of character. I love, I love seeing stuff like that. Um, Thank you. You know, it it really speaks to me because you know one of my favorite things in wargaming is it's a weird corner which you very rarely see civilian figures um and and these sort of like non-military buildings so i've got a real soft spot for anything that's a little you know like a slice of normal life in a miniatures games i think i think it actually really helped ground your bigger game too but i think it's just super cool stuff i love seeing it yeah yeah not everything can be uh you know fantastical in, in yeah in and I, you know i think having like you know these things in your game makes the fantastical stuff more fantastical if that makes sense yeah that does make sense yeah, sort of, sort of grounds it, but uh, yeah, very cool stuff. Um, so I talked a little bit about Starbreach, which is your other game, um, and that's more of a rule set than a miniatures line, am I correct? Yeah, yeah, that is. Uh, so I did not write Starbreach. Uh, Starbreach was written by uh, my buddy Elijah Kellogg, and we published it on his behalf. Um, and we did that because uh, we, we had been checking his game out. Um, he had written it and had a PDF of it, and we checked it out, and we're like, wow, this is really cool. And so he lived uh, in Myanmar at the time, um, and he was coming back to the U.S., and he's like, hey, I'm going to be in the U.S., and I'm going to show off my game at these conventions. And one of the conventions was in Los Angeles, which is only two hours north of me. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go up there. I'm going to meet him. I'm going to check out his game because I like it. Um, and, you know, it's a short drive, so I'll, I'll do it. So I went up there. Um, and he was super busy during the convention because he was showing. He was he didn't have a booth. He was just like at a at a table in the open play area teaching people how to play the game. Um, and my friend Byron and I went up and we were like, okay, cool, let's check this out. So we sat down for him to give us a demo. And he's like, hold on, I'm going to give these guys a demo. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and so while he was doing that, we like looked at the rules and we're like, okay, we'd already read most of the rules. We have an idea of how it plays. And so we just started playing. And 
it made sense. And then he looked over after, you know, 10, 15 minutes. He's like, okay, I'm ready to teach you guys. And we'd already been playing. And he's like, oh, well, you guys got it already. And so we talked to him about it for a while. And, uh, and we really liked the game. And he said he was going to do a Kickstarter uh, to publish a book. He wanted to do a hardcover book. And it uses uh, special dice for the orders. And so he's going to make a book and sets of dice. Um, and so I gave him some unsolicited advice, um, which he graciously uh, did not tell me I was a jerk about giving him that advice. Um, and he, since he was going back to Myanmar, he didn't want to keep anything in stock. He just wanted to make the thing, put it out once and be done. Um, sure. And his Kickstarter did not go as planned. Uh, so I contacted him. I said, hey, you want to do this. I want to publish a sci-fi game. So let me do it for you. Um, oh, and I should go back and say, you know, after meeting him in person, we got along like super quick. It was like like we've been friends our whole lives. Um, nice. Yeah. Because we, a, a we had a similar background in music. Um, and again that that's the kind of thing like oh like you know you you go to these you know like diy type shows i go to these diy type shows and you know even though we were in like different types of diy music it was still like instant friendship um and and we became friends and and so i offered to do it i was like hey you know if you're going to be in myanmar for most of the year let me publish it and then the game can come out and then we can keep releasing it after after it's out, you know, like have it available and build a community around it. And you don't have to do anything except for, you know, write the game and then we'll do the Kickstarter. And, uh, and we did that. So we did a, another Kickstarter after his Kickstarter that didn't go how he had planned. Uh, and we released the book as a soft cover book instead of a hard cover, like he had originally wanted um, and did the custom dice and uh yeah it did pretty good on kickstarter for a for a, uh, a game that no one had ever heard of um sure yeah yeah i i uh, i picked up a copy myself a couple of years ago or maybe a year and a half ago um mm -hmm. so i haven't had a chance to play it but it looks quite cool to me i, I sort of i like the sort of um you know it, it's it's minis agnostic right whatever whatever sci-fi miniatures you have you're gonna be able to find a way to make a well, war band or whatever the word for it is in starbreak which is quite cool yeah yeah and the and the game is is a multiverse game meaning it's like all these different sci-fi properties put together so it's the kind of game where you're like oh what would happen if you know space marines from warhammer 40k fought against tuscan raiders from yeah. star wars um it's it's that type of game uh right. there's 20 different army lists and they're just kind of like you can tell what some of them are some sure. of them are a little more confusing but a lot of them you go like like oh yeah that's the uh that's the Jedi's. Okay, that's right. the, the, space the serial orders. numbers filed off, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But they're but they're but they're generic enough that you can say like, oh, well, maybe this this army that is the equivalent of these Space Marines really could be this other elite force. Yeah, um, yeah, and so it, it gives you a lot to work with. So and you and since this miniature is agnostic, and we all own more miniatures than we need to own, um, you've already got the stuff to play with. Um, yeah. Uh, and it uses a unique set of, uh, a unique set of dice. Can you tell me a little bit about the gameplay? Uh, sure, sure. So it uses um, what are called order dice, which are similar. If you've played Bolt Action, it's similar to the the dice from Bolt Action, where every model in your army gets one die. Um, the dice have six faces, and each face has a, a different symbol on it, depending on on what the order is. You shake those up, and you pull them one at a time. Um, when you pull your color, you pick one of your miniatures and you move, and then you place that die next to the model uh, showing what they did. So if they ran, if they shot, uh, if they healed themselves, whatever, there's a symbol on the die so you can see that that's what they did. Um, and uh, shooting, combat, all those things are opposed die, opposed die rolls. Um, so you roll, add your skill, they roll and add their skill, uh, depending on the difference in the numbers, how much damage you do. Um, and then there's more involved in that. There's you know different weapons that can do different uh -huh. things. Um, but it, it's it's pretty it's pretty fast play. Um, and those dice are not needed. They're just helpful because you can use any six-sided sure. die. Um, 
and uh, yeah, and as as like a model dies, then you take their die out of the pool, and then you know it's the next turn. You put all the dice that are left into a bag, shake it up, and pull the dice again, mm-hmm. and that's that's how that's how you go. Um, so you have an idea of you know I'm going to have this many activations, but I don't know when it's going to be my turn uh, because you're pulling the dice blindly. Um, and it's got a bunch of things also that I think make it fun, like after the the turn is over there's like an after the turn phase where leaders can do specific things um and the book itself is full of scenarios tons and tons of scenarios um which is cool because a lot of people want pre-written scenarios um sure so out of the out of the book you know you're you're ready to play you know 10 or 15 different games um and again, because we all own so many miniatures, um, you can do like, oh, well, this week I want to play, you know, the Legion of Mankind. Next week I want to play the, you know, the Iraq Warlords. Um, it, it gives you a lot to uh, to do, and it's probably about a dozen miniatures per side, so not a ton. Um, so even if you're new, you know, it doesn't take much to to jump in. Um, and we have a bunch of people around the world playing, and there's like. There's a guy in, uh, is he in, he's in Thailand, I think. Um, and he plays with like wooden pegs that are painted um, because he doesn't have miniatures. And I guess it's really expensive for him to get miniatures there. Yeah. Um, so he plays with that. And then we've got people with their army men, uh, the people with Legos, um, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, plenty of people just play with like, oh, I've got these miniatures and I'm going to you know, use them for something. Yeah, yeah. You know, this other game I used to play invalidated them, or I don't like that game anymore, or or whatever. Sure. And uh, again, it's it's uh, it's skirmish warband kind of size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like about a, about a dozen miniatures per side. Um, usually, it's between like eight and ten, but up to a dozen. Uh huh. And uh, played on a three by three, four by four. Uh, three by three or four by four, depending on the scenario. Yeah. And what are some of the scenarios like? Uh, now you caught me off guard because I'm not thinking <laughs> about Star Breach. Um, I don't remember. I'm sorry. That's fine. Um, yeah, sorry. Because, and, and the reason I don't remember is because we're, uh, Elijah wrote a new game. And so like all of my brain power is on that new game right now. Um, oh yeah, sure. Yeah. No, I know how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not been announced yet. I take it. No, it has been announced, um, oh, and we're gonna we're gonna publish it. Um, it's called Supers. It's a generic superhero game. Cool, so man. tell me a little about it. Uh, so you decide to either be a superhero or a supervillain, okay. and you there's powers, and you you know pay the points to to get whatever powers you want, um, and then you build up a, a team of either um, like super followers or minions if you're a, a bad guy. And you have a fight between your your two crews, um, so it's it's I guess miniatures agnostic superhero is a good way to describe it, even though there's not tons of superhero right. miniatures. Um, I would say like maybe it's uh, superpower agnostic because you can make whatever superhero you want. Like obviously you can yeah. say I want to play Wolverine, so I'm going to pick the powers to make Wolverine, and I want to play Magneto, so I'm going to pick the powers to play Magneto. Um, but it gives you the the option to build your hero however you want and um you know i i was not a superhero guy as a kid like i loved comic books but i loved comic books because of the artwork i didn't actually read the stories Um, but everybody i know every single person i know loved superheroes as a kid and the idea of like oh i can make my own superhero is really appealing to a lot of people um so it's Based on the Star Breach rules, uh, with a, some modifications, uh, uses the same order dice system, and uh, yeah, it's usually between six and twelve models per side, and it'll be right. same thing. Play on a three by three or four by four. The book is done. We're in the process of editing and layout, and then we're going to take it to Kickstarter. Uh, the goal is to get it to Kickstarter before the end of summer. Cool, man. Thank you. Yeah, I'll keep an eye out for that. Let me know. Uh, let me know when it comes out, and I'll, I'll be sure make, give it a plug for much more Union stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's really exciting. So, uh, yeah, we talked most of your stuff. Uh, what else do you got going on with Slow Death Games, or is that kind of taking up most of your time these days? Well, uh, uh, Supers is going to be our focus for a couple of months because you know we're going to have to do a, a Kickstarter for that, and then you know once it's done, all the shipping yeah. and, and all that. Um, we have a new card game 
that's coming out. Um, it's done. Uh, most of the stuff is printed, but we have to hand assemble all of the components. It's going to be very DIY. Um, uh, it's going to be a box with a sticker on it. Um, and uh, so it's not going to be like a fancy printed box. It's going to be like a folded box, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, and we're doing it super DIY on purpose because it's going to be very limited release. Um, it's a game about record collecting because once again, uh, mm -hmm. records uh, and the game is called Record Collectors Are Pretentious Assholes. Uh, and it's a game about collecting records. Um, and so you're, you're trying to get the best record collection in the game. Um, so that is going to get released next month. And there's only going to be 25 copies of that game. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's kind of like the fun of it is like, it's going to be, because, you know, like rare records and like limited pressing, pressings and stuff like that are like, you know, that, that kind of stuff drives me for record collecting. Sure. Even though it shouldn't. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be a, it's going to be like a limited, a limited release. Um, oh, I love it. It's and, great. And yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like a half art project, half game. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so that, that's done. It's printed. Like all the cards are printed. All the dice are ready. Um, the, the rules are really simple. They fit on one sheet. Um, so we just need to uh, assemble those and then those will be for sale. Uh, and then we have two other games that are in development that I can't talk about yet, but mm -hmm. we're super excited about. They're going to be so much fun, and I really hope that people love them uh, because I love them. Um, yeah, so that's that's what we've got going on. Uh, and then more miniatures for Wild in the Streets. Uh, from where I'm at in my office, I can see... One, two, three, five about 15 sculpts waiting to go to the caster. Um, awesome. Yeah. And then we've got some stuff like, uh, you saw the, the new stuff we had at Adepticon, right? I did, but uh, yeah. well, listen, we may not have, so we might finally talk about it. Okay. Yeah, Those. so those were pre-release for Adepticon. They're not actually ready for release. Uh, we just sure. brought a few to Adepticon. Um, so we're going to, because those were like a, a test run, we haven't put them in production, we're going to do that, and we're going to do another Kickstarter for those. We'll do Kickstarters for all the new miniatures coming up. Um, and I know people are probably like pretty exhausted of Kickstarter, but Kickstarter makes a lot of sense because it gets the word out there. It's really good for yeah. promotion. Um, and we always deliver really fast. Um, like we're, we're almost always like super early or right on time, and our time scale is usually you know months not years um sure so we'll do it that way and we'll we'll release those miniatures from adepticon that people got a pre-release of um you've got i sent some miniatures for you for some of the guild members that, yeah union uh, union bosses are going to be getting yeah, some of those but, sorry yeah also, union bosses. yeah i just want to mention that uh, if you're a principal's union member this month uh if you were a full union member or a union boss you were getting a super cool new sticker uh, courtesy of chris and slow death games and uh, chris thanks so much for doing that for everybody we really oh yeah you're it. welcome you're welcome uh, I, I love stickers i'm sure other people love stickers too and i had a bunch of dumb stickers at adepticon i say dumb lovingly like they were all great stickers they're all um, in my fridge yeah thank you yeah <laughs> that's awesome um and then i made that sticker uh a new sticker and i sent them to you so you can give them to your members um and uh, if you haven't seen them yet, it's a picture of a monster, and it's kind of like an anatomical anatomical drawing with, like, cutaway of the monster. And it's uh, got things pointing to it with, like, different things, like, uh, you know, like the nose, the mouth, things like that, and stuff based around miniature painting. Um, and those are based on old Japanese children's book about monsters. Uh -huh. Um because I love that kind of stuff. And so I was like, oh, it'd be funny to do that as like different gaming stereotypes. So like yeah. miniature gamer, uh, competitive gamer, you know, things like that. So I, I'm doing a series of those. And so you've got the first one, which is the miniature. They're very cool. Thanks again, Matt. I think, I, I hope everybody out there loves them as much as I love the one I got. Thanks. Thanks. Um, I hope they love them too. Yeah, very um, generous of you. Yeah. Yeah, every time I get a dumb idea, I make a sticker of it because yeah. stickers are, they're not stickers aren't expensive to make. Um, so, you know, it's easy to do stuff like at Adepticon, we made um, uh, a bunch of stickers like uh, we made a, um, you know, Supreme ripoff because, you know, the the um, streetwear brand Supreme has that yeah. very distinctive logo. Um, and a lot of people rip it off because it's funny. So we made one that said Slow Death Games. Um, 
and we made another sticker that um, it's a very, very inside joke of, of the, of all the people who are involved in slow death games of uh, Bachman Turner overdrive. And it's just taking care of business, um, (laughs) which is, it's a, it's a super inside joke and it's hard to explain. Uh, But we made it because I had a dumb idea. I was like, you know, I'm going to make these and was handing those out to people. Um, uh, Yeah. So anytime I have a dumb idea, I, I make a sticker. Super cool. All right, man. Well, thanks for taking the time to talk to me, and I hope we'll have you back on later in the year to talk about some of these super secret projects that you can't talk about yet, but are very excited about. Thank you, thank you, um, thank you for having me. It was a, it was a joy to be on your show. I'm very excited to uh, uh, to be on it. And uh, okay, and so we're also going to do a discount code for the uh, Brush Wielders Union members. So well, they can... news to me too. So thanks, man. Thanks so much, yeah, man. Of course, of course. You know, I, I, my, my goal is to get these miniatures and terrain into people's hands because it doesn't do anything sitting on a shelf in a warehouse. I want sure. people to have these in their hands. I want people to paint them. Um, so might as well give a discount and let people get a little get a little bit cheaper. Um, cool. Well, we'll hash that out after the podcast. And uh, if you're listening, keep an eye out on your email soon for Brushboard Union members. We're going to get a discount code from Slow Death Games. So, you know, if you're listening, uh, please go to slowdeathgames.com. The link is going to be in the show notes, too. But again, just slowdeathgames.com, real easy to find. Um, and Chris, man, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate you. You've been very generous with your time and your stuff. So it's been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, thank you again for having me. Uh, I am excited to see what the members of the Brush Wielders Union do with uh, our miniatures. I yeah, can't wait too. to see them painted. Yeah. If, oh, and we are on Instagram at slowdeathgames uh, and wild and also at wild in the street games um tag us if you paint our miniatures we'd love to see them uh we're also on facebook uh that's slash slow death games and yeah tag us with your stuff we want to see them and i i love to see what people are painting so please show me your painted miniatures cool man yeah and i'm gonna make sure we link all that in the show notes if you're listening just go click below and uh chris man thanks again i will talk to you soon yes thank you again Brush Builders Union is a community of like-minded miniatures gamers dedicated to playing their games fully painted and supporting one another in their craft. Brush Builders Union is here to help you stay on track with tools and a community of fellow painters to encourage you in your journey. Take the Union Pledge and learn more at brushbuildersunion.com. Mm-hmm.